Welcome back to the second episode of the Jelly Bean Medicine Podcast. My name is Steph and I'm a final year medical student with a love for peds. Alongside the Bond University Pediatric Club, we'll be giving you the rundown for the high yield pediatric content, all based from Australian guidelines. At the end of each chat, we'll quiz you with two questions on the topic we just covered, and you can always pause the podcast to test your pre-existing knowledge before continuing. So let's get into our first topic for this week, which is paediatric fluids. Administering fluids is such common practice, but it can be so daunting with all the different types of fluids and calculations required. So let's break it down simply in this episode. Before I begin though, let's remember that in peds we try to use enteral, so meaning oral or nasogastric root where possible. And if not, we use IV fluids. Of course, this varies in a clinical setting. So for example, if the child comes in severely dehydrated, such as in the instance of a viral illness, you would want to give IV fluids. So when do we actually need fluid? We can call it the three R's, resuscitation, routine maintenance, and replacement. But just going back to basics, we need to look at what are the different types of fluid we have available. So we can class fluids as colloids, crystalloids, and blood and blood products. And underneath the crystalloids, you can further class that as isotonic, hypotonic, or hypotonic. But first, what are the differences between colloids and crystalloids? The difference between colloids and crystalloids are that colloids are your larger molecules, and examples are albumin and dextrin. And since they're so large, they cannot pass through the capillary membranes, so the colloids stay in the intravascular space for longer periods of time. We don't really see this much in clinical practice as it's actually quite costly. So that's why we see a lot of the crystalloids. The crystalloids are your small molecules and we use them a lot for fluid resus. Basically, they increase the circulatory volume without altering chemical balance in the vascular spaces. Examples of this would be your normal saline and your Hartmann's. The bottom line is crystalloids are your go-to. They're cheaper than colloids and they're much widely available. Let's just quickly touch on isotonic, hypotonic, and hypertonic. Osmosis is the movement of molecules in a solvent from a high concentration to a low concentration. So with that in mind, if we think about isotonic, isotonic means that the solution has the same concentration of solutes as in blood plasma. An example of that's just going to be your normal saline. That's why we use it so readily and so often, because it doesn't actually change the concentration of fluids in the blood. Next, we have our hypotonic. Hypotonic means there's just less concentration of the solutes than in plasma. Examples of that would be 0.45% sodium chloride. And then lastly, you have your hypertonic solutions. So that's obviously where you have greater concentration of solutes than in the plasma. An example of that would be 3% sodium chloride. So with your hypertonic solutions, what's gonna happen is fluid is gonna be drawn out of the cells and into the blood. All right, so we just did a crash course on fluids and the different types available, but which one do we actually use? So the most common one we use for pediatric maintenance fluid is 0.9% sodium chloride, and we can also add on 5% glucose. When assessing a child who needs fluids, always ensure you take an adequate history and examination. So in your history, you want to be looking at their intake and their loss and the examination. You want to be weighing them, looking for signs of fluid overload and signs of dehydration. So this could be sunken fontanelles, 
dry mucous membranes, or poor cap refill. Let's talk about calculating fluids. For resuscitation fluid, give a bolus of 10 to 20 mils per kilogram of sodium chloride 0.9% as fast as possible. You would then want to reassess to determine if additional fluid is going to be required. So this is when you need to calculate your fluid deficit. And to calculate this, you take your pre-morbid weight minus the current weight times 1,000. But of course, if you don't have their pre-morbid weight, you just take their current weight times the percentage dehydration and multiply that by 10. And so this is the amount of fluid deficit the child would need. Next, let's calculate the maintenance fluid. So as we know in pediatrics, fluids are based on the child's body weight. So wherever possible, always weigh the child. For maintenance fluids, we're going to be using sodium chloride 0.9% plus 5% glucose. The easiest way to calculate maintenance fluids is the 4-2-1 rule. So you times the first 10 kilos by 4, the next 10 kilos by 2, and each kilogram thereafter, you just multiply by 1 mil per kilogram. So you just add that all together and that will give you the number of milliliters per hour for this child. Let's just quickly touch on the complications of fluid resus. And the main one here is syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone secretion. So SIADH. And basically that's when you have an inability to suppress ADH secretion. ADH is antidiuretic hormone and it's basically released when there's decreased blood volume. So this could be when you're thirsty or you've been vomiting. So ADH will then signal the kidneys to increase water reabsorption and then therefore increase blood volume. There are three main risk factors for SIADH and these are conditions that will increase your ADH secretion. So firstly, that would be CNS conditions such as meningitis or head injuries. Secondly, it's going to be pulmonary conditions. So kids with bronchiolitis or who have pneumonia. And then finally, post-op patients. So if we give these kids the normal amount of fluid, we run the risk that they become fluid overloaded. So the bottom line is that we give them two thirds of the maintenance volume just to avoid the consequences of hyponatremia. Three key things we've learned today are to use enteral root where possible, the importance of weight in pediatric fluids, and to use two thirds the maintenance volume for kids at risk of SIADH. Now for the fun part of the episode where I get to quiz you on two questions based on the topic today. The first question is calculate the maintenance fluids for a 20 kilo child. I made it nice and easy with a 20 kilo child. If we use the 4 2 one rule, it's going to be 4 times the first 10 kilos plus 2 times the next 10 kilos. So 40 plus 20 is going to be 60 mils per hour. Now for the second question, when do you worry about SIADH? So the three things to think about are children with CNS conditions, children with respiratory problems such as pneumonia and bronchiolitis, and finally post-op patients who have an increased risk of ADH secretion. If you've made it this far, then well done, and I hope you found this episode super helpful. Of course, if there's a topic you'd like covered, then shoot us a message via Instagram at jellybeanmedicine. We'll see you in our next episode on paediatric sepsis.